This is a radio station of the SDC radio networks. Tomorrow. Thanks for listening. This is KDTN Radio. What? Lock it on to the best station on the net, around the planet, on the World Wide Web. In the mix. I don't know how I'm going to start this show off. Maybe a little dead silence here, just a tiny bit. Well, anyway, Jeff Bezos is leaving Amazon. He's just going to become an ordinary executive on the board, and uh, he steps away. president comes up his uh, law team God in the first page of the letter submits they misspelled the world United States Uninus U-N-I-T I-E-S Uninus States of America. Well, I guess they're not going to really be crying about it because I think you're right. People who are the judge and people who are the jury and sitting in the same seat, it's called jury nullification. They can bring up everybody. It don't make no difference. Trials over for it starts. Just a show of hands. And everybody knows how this is going to go. We're not going to get out of this, my friends. Not too easy. What else see on the program today? I've got uh, Stephanie Wu early in the morning, and we're going to talk about the nurses' shortages. Okay? We have a shortage of nurses. Really? Huh. Because I think they're all burned out and burned up. They're just running away from the jobs, you think? Then, I'm going to stick with my favorite young lady, Randy Rhodes. She probably makes more sense today. So I've got three clips of her. I will probably say something a little bit after the fact. But enough of me. And we're going to get started. We really are. So, you know, we're going to come up with Stephanie Rule. challenge in the middle of this coronavirus crisis is a shortage of nurses across this country. Each day, new headlines highlight the growing problem. But even before we faced this pandemic, experts warned us this was coming. By 2030, there will reportedly be a shortage of more than half a million qualified nurses. So what is driving this? Well, there are several factors, but three stand out. One, an aging workforce. Many current nurses are reaching retirement age. Currently, half of registered nurses in this country are over the age of 50. Two, nursing school enrollment is just not keeping pace. A lack of faculty, teachers, and classrooms. Forced nursing schools 
to turn away more than 80,000 qualified applicants in 2019 alone, not to mention all the training required after new nurses get that degree. And three, extraordinary stress levels are driving nurses to leave the profession entirely, especially during this pandemic. They struggle to breathe every day, even with tons of oxygen, and then you just see them die. They just die, and they, they fight dying, and it's so sad. It's been rough. Um, you know, seeing all these sick people coming in. The nurses are tired, and, you know, it's hard. It's hard. I've seen more people pass away in the past week in the past couple weeks, really, than I almost like it combined in all of my career as a nurse. And that has been the plight of nurses for the last year. Joining us now to discuss Lori Armstrong. She's CEO and Chief Clinical Officer of Inspire Nurse Leaders. Lori, first, I want to thank you for all the work that you do. How bad is the situation right now? It, it's bad, Stephanie, with the prolonged pandemic the nursing shortage keeps increasing. As you said, and I'm thankful you're bringing attention to this such, such important issue. Yes, there were warnings. Yes, there were warnings, not only in the United States, but across the globe of the growing nursing shortage. Uh, but as things continue, thousands and thousands of shifts remain unfilled. Care is being uh, rationed. Yes. What are these nurses telling you about their mental state, their physical state? How do they have the stamina to get to work every day? Well, you know, they keep on, they get up each morning and they keep going. That's what nurses do, but they are both physically and emotionally exhausted. And the numbers, the reported numbers of stress and depression and anxiety are higher than they've ever been. I've actually recently read a report where 60% of nurses are actually reporting clinical depression. This is higher than in any other discipline, including physicians. This is its own crisis. What can be done about it right now, at least from a lawmaker's perspective? Well, I, from a lawmaker's perspective, they have to have a laser focus on investing in nursing. Um, late last year, in November 2020, an act uh, called the Future of Advancement of Academic Nursing was introduced in Congress that would release the funding necessary, $1 billion necessary, to fund nursing. The shortage is twofold, Stephanie. The shortage is at the bedside, those unfilled shifts, but the shortage is at the training centers, at our colleges of nursing. The demand for nurses is not keeping up. The demand for nurses is is being out is being under um, supplied. The supply is outpacing the demand. Help me understand this. Almost a hundred thousand nurse applicants were turned away because there simply isn't the classrooms, the teachers. In order for a clinical nurse to leave her job or his job to become an instructor, they have to take a pay cut. These aren't high paying jobs. Exactly. They have to take at least a 30% pay cut. And so there's no incentive. Remember, despite gains in the diversity of nursing, over 90% of nurses are females. Um, often um, the main uh, breadwinner of the family, there's no economic incentives to leave. Yes, you could have a heart for nursing. I am adjunct professor, just an opportunity for me to give back. But the budgets are small in schools of nursing and the schools of nursing cannot increase their capacity to keep up with the demand for nurses. And the, the act that I spoke of, the FAAN uh, act that will release a billion dollars will aid schools of nursing to increase their capacity. And you know, it's a little early on the West Coast here, Stephanie. Um, the supply, the supply is not keeping pace with the demand. I got a little tongue tied. That's all right. This is a crisis that was brewing before the pandemic, and now it has gotten so much worse. We've got to address it. Lori, always good to see you. Thank you for your work, and thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. Coming up next, we've got some news that is out of this world. Four civilians getting closer than ever.
to a mission where they will be orbiting the Earth, and it is all for a good cause. Our own Tom Costello has an exclusive interview with the man behind this mission. You don't need, you don't need me to tell you who that man is. You can guess. It is Elon Musk. Council of Economic Advisors, Jared Bernstein, comparing the two plans, the GOP plan and the Democratic plan. We've long recognized that the danger is not doing too much, it's doing too little, and thus far, that has plagued our ability to really uh, get the escape velocity we need, to uh, launch the recovery, to put the, uh, to put the virus behind us. So if you take opening the schools, it's so important to reopen schools. It's important for kids learning. It's important for the two million parents, mostly moms, who have had to leave the labor market. It's important for unemployment rates that are still close to 10% uh, for African Americans. We have 170 billion in there uh, to reopen the schools. They have 20 billion. Now, that, that's a pretty big gulf. And uh, when we look at the numbers, uh, it's going to take a magnitude of the type of proposal we're putting out there. If you look at the checks, 1,400 versus 1,000, okay? Not just Joe Biden, by the way, uh, but many Republicans have uh, supported uh, the higher amount. And so we think that's what it's going to take to reach people. By the way, I did a little calculation yesterday and found that if you look at, a, say, a school teacher who makes about 70000 a year, she gets a check from us. She doesn't get a check from the Republican plan. So that's a kind of a flaw in our view that we'll have to, uh, we'll have to argue about. Yes, we're going to have to argue about it because um, I'm going to play you now. Uh, Senator Bill Cassidy from Louisiana. Who doesn't want to give one red cent to teachers? You know why? You know why? The teachers union. Oh, my God. They're unionized. We aren't giving them a penny more. Not a penny more. No. He has $170 billion for schools. Right. Now, we've already given schools 110% of what they, what they usually receive from the federal government. Parochial schools have opened with a fraction of that money. That's Charter right. schools are open. The real problem is public schools. That issue is not money. That issue is teachers' unions telling oh their God. teachers not to go to work. Oh, my God. And putting $170 billion uh, towards teachers' unions' priorities... It takes care of a Democratic constituency group, but it wastes our federal taxpayer dollars for something which is not the problem. It's a waste. Every doesn't he look like Bill Hader? Doesn't he look like like a Saturday Night Live Bill Hader impersonation of a senator? I swear to God, this whole party is becoming a parody. It, did you see the cold open on Saturday Night Live this Saturday? That was brilliant. That was freaking. Uh, nothing works. Nothing works. She she is really carrying that show at this point. Kate McKinnon. Yeah, absolutely genius. Yeah, she is genius. <laughs> but anyway, they don't want to give any money to school. What 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 is the major malfunction with this party? Well, obviously they understand that if Democrats actually plow all this money into the economy, the economy is going to do really well under a Joe Biden presidency post pandemic and inside the pandemic, right? Well, we can't have that. Now, just when you need the egg timer, never around. Right now, all of a sudden, they're going to switch to deficits matter, debt matters. It all ma Here, Here's something you need to remember throughout this entire next two years. You pay down your debts in a booming economy, which according to them, we just had. And they didn't pay down nothing. You don't pay off your debts when you're scraping by. It's like saving, right? You can't save money when you're scraping by. They're, they're, so, they're such liars. It's so unbelievable. I mean, look, we had a booming economy, so, you know, uh, it was booming for the whole time, the whole second term of Obama, the whole first and only term of Trump. They didn't pay down. They didn't pay down nothing. Nothing. Now all of a sudden, everybody is, uh, you know, uh, trying to get a vaccine, trying to get back to work, trying to open up schools, trying to open up restaurants, trying to open up movie theaters, trying to open up, you name it, right? 
And we're almost there. We're almost, we need some, we need another cash infusion to get people from here to there. Because if, if you're giving a million and a half shots a day, right? If you're, if you're able to do a million and a half shots a day and you got 300 million people to do, you do the math. Okay, so we need money to get from here to there. And they know that if people got money now, it would make a, a, a decent uh, impact into the economy because consumer-driven economies do well when consumers have money. And they don't want it to work. They don't want it to work. So they're screaming about, we need to reduce the debt as a share of the economy. We need to reduce it. No, you do that when the economy is booming. You don't do that when the economy is not booming. You don't do that when people are suffering, when you have millions and millions of people applying for uh, unemployment, sitting in lines for, you know, uh, food, boxes of freaking food. You know, the government isn't the problem. Bad government is the problem. And their failures, this Republican Party's failures on everything from COVID to job creation to poverty to inequality to climate change to infrastructure to healthcare, their failure is how we got here. Bad government is the problem. They know good government is the solution and that people will like the democratic governance. They will like it and in 2022, they're gonna have to gerrymander really, really hard to regain control. That's what they're thinking. I, I promise you it is. When FDR came and rescued America, the Republican Party went dark for two decades, for 20 years, and they know that. Their agenda, I, I, this, their agenda for people sucks. They don't have one that they can sell to the American people. So they sell fascism or they sell um, racism or they sell uh, zero-sum games, right? They sell, uh, if this guy gets a good job, that means you didn't. That's not what it means. And they understand that the white working class base would come around to understanding that the Democrats' plans, the Democrats' package, the Democrats is bigger and badder and better, and that they have a very small package, and they've always had small packages, and this is why the women have left them, and now the white working class men are going to leave them for the same reason. So they want failure. They want everyone to be angry, everybody to be agitated, everyone to be sick, everyone to be, you know, uh, scared, everyone to be fearful. This is, this is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of good government. They're afraid that it will bring around their base to the conclusion that it was them who failed, that it was their policy that failed, it was their agenda that failed, it was their tax cuts that failed, it was the redistribution of wealth to the top that fails. Over and over and over it fails. It started with Reagan, and Reagan was a little, he was slicker than these guys are, okay? Because Reagan, when he raised taxes on the middle class, he did it like by raising payroll taxes, he did it by raising gas taxes, he did it by taking away your credit card interest deduction, right? This is how he collected more from you without you really knowing it. They just went full, full bore and transferred your money to the wealthy.
All right, the bottom line is the American people are hurting and they're hurting badly. And Chris, what worries me is so many, by the millions, of our people are giving up on democracy. Yep. They really do not believe that the government is listening or understands their pain and can respond. We are sick and tired of seeing hundreds of cars lining up for food, kids unable to go to school, um, people not getting the vaccines as rapidly as they should. We all share that in common. And second of all, Chris, we are the majority right now because two great candidates ran in Georgia. Yep. And that Georgia election really became a national election. And promises were made in that election, mm -hmm. not just by the candidates, but by many of us. And what we said is, you know, if Democrats, if you elect Democrats, and we take control, we're going to get you, you know, $1,400 on top of the $600. we are going to extend unemployment. We're going to significantly increase the child tax credit. We're going to give money to states and cities. We are going to deal with education. Those were the promises made, and it would be totally unacceptable for any Democrat to renege on those promises. That is why people are giving up on the political process. That's exactly what's been going on. And the Republicans love that. They love to disappoint. They love to not come through. They love to make people angry. They love to make people frustrated. And they love to point fingers at somebody else as being the one that's doing it to you. But it is always them. They do not want to fund or cure or help or feed or educate the American people. They don't. They don't. And the more that they say no to America's needs, the more that they say, uh, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you don't even have boots, uh, the more frustrated people get, and then they blame uh, the other party and blah, blah, blah. So now we have this brief moment in time where we have this razor-thin majority, as you know, in the House, and a 50-50 split in the Senate. By the way, they still haven't voted on an organizing resolution. Do you know that? The Senate, uh, for instance, the Judiciary Committee, which is a very important thing right now, is still chaired by Republican Lindsey Graham, who was caught picking his nose on Fox News. I, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. They still haven't voted on an organizing resolution. So here we are without an attorney general of the United States. You know that we don't have uh, the nominee is Merrick Garland, and you know the story of Merrick Garland, right? And so here we have uh, this, this, this lovely, ironic twist on Republicans uh, saying no to everything Democratic uh, by nominating Merrick Garland for our attorney general. Well, Dick Durbin is the, the ranking member, but he's still in the minority on the Judiciary Committee. How to write a letter to the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, who should not be Lindsey Graham, because we won with uh, Kamala being the vice president and all. We have one more vote than they do. And therefore, the committees should release their chairmen's, their Republican chairmen's, and the Democrats should become the chairman of all the committees, because that's how it works. But no, Dick Durbin had to write a letter to Lindsey Graham begging him to take up the confirmation of Merrick Garland. How, how twisted is this? this is, it, I, I, it's a, so nothing they do is for the American people. Everything they do is to obstruct progress, is to obstruct the American people, it's to obstruct, uh, you know, the... the dissemination of, uh, you know, uh, relief or the dissemination of uh, school money or the dissemination of money for the cities and the states, they're still saying no to all that. They're still saying no. Now, you remember back then I, when, when Trump was president, I said, you know, if he really, you know, wanted to help, he could release money from FEMA. He doesn't even need Congress. He was saying, oh, I want $2,000. I want $2,000. You know what? Uh, if he wanted to, uh, you know, set up sites for vaccinations, if he wanted to actually use warp speed to do anything, to get vaccines into it, he could have dispersed money from FEMA without going to Congress. And of course he didn't. He didn't. So today, Joe Biden did. Yes, today Joe Biden told states they will get reimbursed for PPE and for gloves and for ventilators and all the things they had to buy.
And he doesn't have to go through Congress to do it because FEMA is part of the executive branch and the FEMA money, federal emergency money, could go to the states. And it will now. And see, this, this is the, 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 the sideways that Democrats have to govern because Republicans are obstructionists, period, end of story. All they're interested in right now, you know why they're kowtowing to Donald Trump? Not because they like him or they think he's smart or, no, because Donald Trump stole money under the guise of another fraud, right? The reason why Donald Trump was telling his base over and over, and this goes right into what we're gonna see presented at the trial next week, okay? Donald Trump was saying, rigged, 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 rigged. I can't let, you know, can't have a peaceful transition to power because they stole it. I will never uh, concede. I will never give up because it wasn't legit. It was stolen, stolen, stolen. And I need money. I need money. I need money. And he was texting and tweeting and sending emails to raise money, money, money. You know how much he raised with this fraud? A quarter of a billion dollars. And this was from grassroots. Contributors, only only one dozen donors gave more than $25,000. Only a dozen. Every other donation that he got was from grassroots donors, okay? People that were buying into his fraud. People that were buying into his rigged. People that were buying into, don't concede, it was, you'd have to stop the steal. And they were giving him money because they believed he was going to use the money for recounts, and he was going to use the money for lawyers, and he was going to use... No. He has the money. He kept the money. He spent $10 million on lawyers, $3 million total on uh, a recounts, right? That was it. And the rest he kept for himself. Why? So that he can primary people in his party that sp- speak out against him, like Mitch McConnell. Okay, now Mitch McConnell just got reelected, so that's six years, so he's really looking more toward the House. He's looking toward these every two year, 139 Republicans. That's why they signed on to this, uh, you know, crazy Supreme Court effort, right? That was the big one. They were going to release the Kraken. Release the Kraken. They lost twice. But that is how he raised all this money, quarter of a billion. And the Republicans just smell money, and they understand they have to stay on the good side of Trump because he'll spend that money primarying them, especially in Republican districts where all you got to do is win the primary, and then you could replace a Republican with somebody who's more loyal to Trump. This is a shadow presidency, and it's all about the money. And unless and until we get the money out of our politics, this is how... Disappointment happens with bad government. Clear. Randy Rhodes, Air Force. How do we build? He's the Randy Rhodes Show. Speak with Randy. Dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. Here's the Republican governor. Jim Justice of West Virginia, a state Trump won by nearly 70%. At this point in time in this nation, we need to go big. We need to quit counting the egg-sucking legs on the cows and count the cows and just move and move forward and move right now. We need to go big, and if we waste some money now, well, we waste some money. But absolutely, we've got too many people hurting. And the economy's going to sputter, and we've got to get ourselves out of this mess, and it's the way we need to go right now. Wow. So there's a Republican in a very red state, very, very red state, West Virginia, who is saying, go big, you want to waste some money? Just if it's going to be, you know, uh, too much, fine. The economy is going to, it's going to, I mean, we're on the verge of a, well, for some people it is a Great Depression. For other people, it's a Great Recession. Uh, the numbers say where it's a great recession. When you have more than 800,000, 850,000 people filing for unemployment each and every week, uh, things are not going well. So there you have the Republicans saying it, right? And of course, the idea here is that the Republicans need to obstruct because if people got a, a taste of democratic governance, they would end up with, oh, I don't know, health care. 
like they did last time. They would end up with a stimulus package in the middle of a great recession, like they did last time. They would end up watching attorneys generals of various states bonding together to bring uh, cases against banks that took people's houses, which is exactly what Kamala Harris was doing as Attorney General of California. She got an offer from the banks to settle with the homeowners of California. It was a pittance. She walked away and uh, said no, and then decided she would organize attorneys general of various states and bring a suit with all of them participating to get money for all their states, and she prevailed that way. So whenever Democrats are free to exercise their ideas about recouping money for uh, you know people who've been ripped off, or consumer protection, or health care, or stimulus checks because they crashed the economy, uh, Democrats are able to uh, produce. And they are so terrified that Democrats will be able to produce this time and that the people who are the base will say, hey, you know what, this is working for me. This works for me. Maybe I had the wrong idea about who is to blame for you know, ripping me off. Maybe I had the wrong idea about government. Maybe it's not government is bad. Maybe it's bad government is bad. Maybe that's the real deal. Now, the reason why they're kowtowing to Trump is not because he was so good at this and not because people liked the result. The result was a mass casualty event. It was literally 27 million infected Americans and almost a half a million dead. You know we're going to get to that half a million real soon. We're at like 440, 440 to 442,000 deaths. Yeah. So we're going to get to a half a million, and then it's going to start from there, and it's going to go up and up to like 600. We're going to see almost a million dead people. That is why Donald Trump lost, okay? That is why. He lost because he presided over a mass casualty event. He lost because he did not produce. He did not make people's lives better. He redistributed the wealth. That was his big claim to fame. He did it out in the open. He wasn't as, uh, you know covert as Ronald Reagan was when Ronald Reagan put the burden on us to pay for the rich people's tax cuts and he got caught doing an enormous amount of lying okay an enormous amount of lying and the racism wasn't why he lost hate to say it the bad government was the reason why he lost the bad response from the government was the reason why he lost so now, the people who have to run every two years or the people that are up in 2022, the senators, they are so scared of all this money that he fraudulently collected from his base. And he sits here in Florida, and he's threatening them. He's threatening them. I'll spend money against you. Is what I'll, do. I'll go find another Marjorie Green. I'll go find another Lauren Boebert. The crazier, the better. That's who I'm going to pick. Dirty. Dirty is good, because then I can blackmail them and control them and pull their strings all day, every day, and that's who I'm going to pick. Mitch McConnell obviously doesn't have to run for another six years, right, because he just won Kentucky, which I just, what are they, 45th in education, 44th in wealth, 44th in GDP. I mean, just terrible. But he doesn't have to run, okay? And that is why he's speaking up and speaking out. That's the only reason why he's saying things like, you know, he, he said uh, that, that, that Marjorie Taylor Greene's embrace of loony lies and conspiracy theories are a cancer for the Republican Party. Somebody who suggested that perhaps no airplane hit the Pentagon on 9-11, that horrifying school shootings were pre-staged, and that the Clintons crashed JFK Jr.'s airplane is not living in reality. This has nothing to do with the challenges facing American families or the robust debates on substance that can strengthen our party. The only reason why Mitch McConnell gave a rare trashing of a Republican is because he gets exactly what Donald Trump is doing down in Mar-a-Lago, and he doesn't have to run. Without mentioning her by name, McConnell suggesting in a statement that Green's loony lies and conspiracy theories are cancer for the Republican Party and our country. Green appearing to respond on Twitter Monday, writing, The real cancer for the Republican Party is weak Republicans 
who only know how to lose gracefully. Oh this is why we are losing our country. Green's been under fire for promoting false QAnon conspiracy theories and suggesting that the school shootings in Newtown and Parkland were staged. Okay, so here, here, here's a great way to understand what, what they're doing, okay? The Republican Party has trashed one of the most conservative people in the Republican Party, Liz Cheney. You're not going to get me to support Liz Cheney's ideas about governing ever. That's never going to happen, but I also don't wish ill on her, okay? Her father was Darth Vader, believed in the unitary executive, thought that the president could do whatever the president wanted, was a shadow president for a really long time, okay? So I'm not going to defend her ideas about policy or governing, but what you need to see is that the Republican Party is trashing Liz Cheney, who is for all those things, and supporting Marjorie Taylor Greene. Because Donald Trump is supporting Marjorie Taylor Greene, and they don't want to be on the wrong side of Donald Trump's money, which he raised through fraud by screaming that the whole thing was rigged, and he's been doing it for years. This whole election is being rigged. That election is going to be rigged. And I hope the Republicans are watching closely or it's going to be taken away from us. We have to make sure that this election is not stolen from us and is not taken away from us. Go and watch these polling places. I hear too many stories about Pennsylvania, certain areas. And we can't lose an election because of you know what I'm talking about. It looks to me like a rigged election. Well, it's rigged here, too, believe me. So I just hope the Republicans are going to be very watchful. The election is being rigged. So it's a rigged election, but we're not going to let it happen. It's a rigged system. It's totally, it's just terrible what's going on. Okay, that, that clip that I have there, that mashup that, that, we, that goes on for about four minutes, okay? Four minutes, because the, it then we'll go back to 2015 and 16, where he did the same damn thing. The only way he could lose is if it was rigged, right? And he does that in case he does lose so that he can raise money to be a kingmaker in the shadows. The only reason why Mitch McConnell is trashing Marjorie Taylor Greene is because he doesn't have to run for six more years. But when you see a Republican Party that is literally at war with Liz Cheney because Liz Cheney voted to impeach, as you know, saying that Donald Trump summoned the, the mob he organized the mob, he incited the mob, and then he deployed the mob, right? Which is going to make its way into that trial next week. Her words. It's already in the brief. You know, they both released their briefs today. Oh, by the way, I don't like Repu Republicans. have very small packages, and looking at their briefs, it's very uh, disappointing. Disappointed. So now I'm looking at Shone's brief. Uh, it's cast. Castor and Shone, okay, Shone is the mob lawyer, and Castor is the one who said, Bill Cosby didn't do anything, I'm not prosecuting him. Yeah, these are really uh, great judge, judges of character. They put out their response today, their uh, defense brief for the Senate's consumption, and they misspelled in the very first sentence, they misspelled United States. Anticipate witnesses being called and then being uh, cross-examined. 
No, I hope not. They didn't call any in the house. I think we know what happened that day. But if you open up that can of worms, we'll want the FBI to come in and tell us about how people actually pre-planned these attacks and what happened with the security footprint at the Capitol. You open up Pandora's box if you call one witness. I hope we don't call any and we vote and get this trial over uh, next week when it starts. No witnesses. Now, the first impeachment trial also had no witnesses. The House had witnesses, lots of them. So this idea that since the House didn't have witnesses because they were the witnesses, they work in the crime scene, so does he, that there should not be witnesses in this trial is a non sequitur because in the first trial there were, remember we had Sondland, we had Fiona Hill, we had Vindman, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, who risked everything and lost it, right? Because people turned on people that said they were on that perfect call and he was shaking down Ukraine to find dirt on his opponent in the presidential election, Joe Biden. Now he's lost the presidential election to Joe Biden, and he's, he's, he's extorting the grassroots into acting on his behalf to overthrow the government. Lindsey Graham doesn't want any witnesses. I, and by the way, here's a little bit of uh, his, his new attorney, the mob attorney, uh, Mr. Schoen, yes, this guy has represented Italian Mafia, Israeli Mafia. He says he's represented some of the biggest mafias, rapists, murderers, right? This is, this is who is representing Donald Trump. Um, he doesn't want any videotapes shown. So no witnesses and no evidence. Does this country really need to see videotapes? We know now, apparently, that Mr. Swalwell and the other managers tend to show videotapes of the riots and people calling in, people being hurt, police officers talking. Why does the country need that now? We would stipulate that there was a riot that went on that day. It was a tragedy. President Trump has condemned violence at all times. Read the words of his speech. Calls for peacefulness. Um, this has nothing to do with President Trump. And the country doesn't need to just watch videos of riots and unrest. I say we watch the, the video so that we can hear the people saying we're fighting for Trump. So that they can hear the people repeating Donald Trump's words, stop the steal. So that they can hear the people saying hang Mike Pence because Donald Trump stood at the rally that he organized that he said was going to be wild that he called these people to attend and then told them he's walking to the Capitol with them and you can listen to them repeat what Donald Trump is saying on the stage saying we're going to take the Capitol. We're going to take, he just told us to take the Capitol, right? I say we watch the videos. They don't want any evidence to be introduced and they don't want any witnesses to testify. What kind of a freaking lunatic, fringy, weirdo trial is this? They had a kangaroo court the first time, and now they want to have a kangaroo court again. Listen, I got to this, this, uh, these lawyers, they put out their brief today in response to the uh, charges, right? Uh, they made their defense. This is their defense brief. I wanted to show you one page of it, the first page. Let's just look at the first page right here. Can we put that up, Brett? Okay, thank you. Here you see the first page. This was written by Mr. Castor, okay? The guy who said, Bill Cosby didn't drug these women, he didn't rape these women, and I'm not prosecuting him. Okay, so that's this guy. In the Senate of the United States of America, okay, good. Answer of President Donald John Trump, 45th President of the United States, to Article 1, incitement of insurrection. Two, the Honorable, comma, the members of the United States Senate. This is a document that everybody who gives a damn about this insurrection, about this attempted coup, about this bloody uh, uh, takeover of our government by Donald Trump's loyal base, and a, you know, just was waiting for. Everybody was waiting for this to read these 14 pages. Leave it up. And he finally puts it out 
And just like Sidney Powell and her Kraken and all that, you know, and Rudy Giuliani, they misspelled the word district in their res responses. Okay, here you have the most awaited document, and they didn't even spell check it, and they misspelled United States? United States. Here's the reason why they're so cavalier. It's called jury nullification. You know what that means? Even though the jury is going to be made up of witnesses to the crime, the senators, of both parties. Even though they were there, even though they know what happened, even though they understand that this was an insurrection, that Donald Trump assembled these people, that Donald Trump called them to action, that Donald Trump fed them a continuous big lie forever, for months and months and months. And Donald Trump fundraised off of that lie. And Donald Trump organized a mob on that lie, incited a mob on that lie. They don't really care about what defense they present. They don't really care what comes in. They don't really care if we show videos. They don't really care if we have witnesses. They don't really care. Why? Because the jury has been nullified. They've already said they're voting no to convicting Donald Trump for incitement to insurrection. They already told you they're voting no. They already ran Paul as a no. 45 senators. 45 of them are no's. So what do they care? What kind of case we present? What do they care? Maybe we'll get two more. Maybe we'll get a Susan Collins. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a Lisa Murkowski, okay? I'm not going to get 67 senators. They've already told you this. And you know what's really sick? What's really sick is they're, they're saying the exact same thing I'm saying, except they're saying that you're going to have Patrick Leahy preside over the trial because jo John Roberts won't. He doesn't want to. And because Leahy is going to preside, it's not a legitimate uh, trial. But the jury is made up of the witnesses to the crime. Not just Democrats who witnessed it, but Republicans who witnessed it. I mean, we should be calling Mike Pence. You know where Mike Pence is? <laughs> Mike Pence and Mother are vacationing in St. Croix. That's where Mother and Mike Pence are. But this is their twisted logic. I would say you also should be able to call then uh, many of the senators as witnesses because of the awful bias and prejudgment they've shown. Can you imagine any American citizen considering it to be a trial in which the judge and jury has already announced publicly that the uh, defendant must be convicted in this case? And in fact, um, Senator Leahy called, demanded that Senator McConnell vote for conviction also. Um, you know, both sides, everyone, it's clear to them, Donald Trump undercut, undercut democracy. How <laughs> it's also true that the Republicans are witnesses, and they have already said that they're not voting to convict. So this man is groping, okay? They are groping. Now they're also going to argue that incitement to insurrection is protected speech. <laughs> There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. My show of shows with uh, one of the most heavyweight columnists on radio. You know, she does her homework. You may not agree, you may disagree. But at least you have one thing in common. You agree on something. You agree to disagree. But usually what she said comes true. Well, let's see now. 
before I get out of here at 4 o'clock uh, Pacific time, see uh, Navalny has uh, been locked up for two years and the people are still going crazy in the streets. Alright. Captain Tom Moore passed away at the age of a hundred. God bless him. Been good for everybody. See where he said that Bezos is stepping down. You know, you realize how many boats and ships you can have, right? So, anyway, that's how it works. Uh, Capitol rioters blames Trump in novel legal defense. He invited us. And he was standing behind the shield of the President of the United States. And behind that shield, you can give an order. And how subtle it is, if that's the way they've taken it, and the result ended up, which did end up, in lots of injuries and people dying. You know, they just want to sweep it under the carpet. They just want to forget that it never happened. Let's just start over. Let's just forget that that ever happened. And the craziest thing about it is I'm a witness because it happened to me with it but I'm going to forget this. GameStop finally reached the top of its worth or the pinnacle. See, the high was four hundred and eighty three dollars and today it's a hundred and eight dollars it is dropped like a rock and all the other corresponding stocks you know have basically seen the end of the rainbow and the stock has now begun to fall back down to where it was originally so, guys, just something to know. Something to know. Let's see. See, the UN wants to avoid an oil spill off of Yemen as a Hutu Mall review. Anyway, they think that it's a defective and decaying oil tanker and it's uh, threatening to spill 1.1 million barrels of crude oil off a war-torn coast okay and what else we got oh just a few minutes ago let's see SpaceX Starship prototype rocket explodes on landing after test launch. And that just came in. So it says in a nutshell, it says a SpaceX Starship prototype rocket exploded on landing after an otherwise successful high altitude experimental launch from Boca Chica, Texas on Tuesday in a repeat of an accident that destroyed a previous test rocket. Okay, so you can go for that one. 
And what else is going bad? Uh, President Biden threads carefully and unwinding hardline Trump immigration policies. And that just happened a few minutes ago. Let's see, the White House plans to send millions of vaccine doses to retail pharmacists. Now, that's what I've been saying for a long time. Should have been sending them there all the time, okay? That's what I thought. You know, shock, shock. But I'm glad that, you know, better late than never. Let's see now. Secretary of the uh, of Transportation, I guess, yeah, is uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and uh, he's going to do a great job. He really is. He was confirmed on Tuesday on 86th, the 13th vote to head the U.S. Transportation Department, you know. And uh, U.S. Cabinet Secretary confirmed by the lawmakers. Oh, what else we got right quick before I get out of here? Our show is really tied down. Anyway, the groundhog uh, predicts more winter for a country that just got a dose of it. So, Pensatani Phil has said more winter is coming. Great. Well, I hope he's wrong this time. But, winter's going to get six more weeks of winter. Okay, and that was an hour ago. Nobody's heard this. Let's see, uh, you heard that they're going to be shipping this vaccine to all the drugstores. And I'm pretty sure that includes Amazon's, uh, Whole Foods, I think. Do they have a drugstore in there? I think they do, don't they? And uh, J.C. Penney's, maybe? This could really be an interesting situation. Oh, anyway, my good people. Trump's lawyers claim the U.S. Senate has no authority to put him on trial. Basically, that was the argument you heard with Randy Rhodes. Now, everybody talked about how oh, Miss Green, you know, Congresswoman Green. With her real nasty remarks that she don't care. She's just totally anti-everybody. Totally anti-everybody. Did we say that two FBI agents were killed? This is three hours ago? Three wounded in early morning raid in Florida. Just to steal the story away, it goes, two FBI agents were killed early on Tuesday and three others were wounded while trying to serve a search warrant to a Florida home. An encounter that turned into one of the federal law enforcement agencies bloodiest in decades. So, 
Fort, the story comes out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So you can Google or Alexis. We'll get that played for you. Here's something quite unique before I get out of here. Uh, the Pentagon is purges advisory boards after flurry of Trump end of term appointees. Pentagon purges advisory boards after flurry of Trump end of term. Appointees. Did they flee? I wasn't too sure. Let's see. This, oh, this is from Reuters, by the way. Alright, let's see. This is Washington. New Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has stripped several hundred appointees over their posts on Pentagon advisory committees, a number of whom took office at the end of President Trump's administration, two U.S. officials said on Tuesday. The appointees included Anthony Tata, a former acting senior defense official who in 18 Probably in 2018, called former President Barack Obama a terrorist leader and was placed on the Defense Policy Board on Jan January 19th, the last full day of the Trump administration. That's a good trick. I always wondered how that worked. Austin became Defense Secretary under Joe Biden, the Vice President under Obama, who took office as President on January the 20th. So now, while board members are not Pentagon employees, they've converted position or covenant positions carry influence with Defense Department leadership and members usually maintain valuable security clearances. Now, the two U.S. Defense Department officials who spoke on condition of anonymity, anonymity, anonymy, autonomy, thank you, still can't say it right, said often would be asking several hundred of his members of 42 different boards to leave by February 16th. The cost of running the boards would be in the millions of dollars, one of the officials said. There is no question that the secretary was deeply concerned with the pace and the extent of recent changes to membership. The second official said he gave him pause to consider the broad scope and purposes of these boards. Now, the move doesn't affect at least two well-known Trump aides. Sean Spicer, former White House spokesman who was appointed to the Naval Academy Board of Visitors, and Kellyanne Conway, a senior Trump aide who was appointed to the Air Force Academy Board of Visitors. Now, the second official said the academy positions were outside the scope of defense, of defense department's action. Board members appointed by Congress also would not be affected, the official said. Well, that's my end of my news for my day for February 2nd, 2021. 
I need to thank you to every last one for hanging out with me. My superstars, Brenda Wonder Sandy, Alvin Smith. Anyway, we're hanging in there, you guys. Great day. The chickens look good so far. They got the rest of Wanda's crackers. They still don't like them, but they ate them. But then if they didn't eat them, their fellow birds, the little rafters came out and ate, ate what was left. As long as it was bread or whatever, they took it. Been eating the pound cake. Oh, every bite is absolutely delicious. I, I'm on the lemon one, I think, now. The full buttered pound cake. Oh, delicious. Anyway, good people. Brenda, Wendy, Sandy, Karen, Chrissy, all the good people. Sarah, hang in there. Crystal, didn't forget about you either. Anyway, enough for me. Hope, thank you for much enjoying my little set today. And I'm getting ready to sit back and huh, watch the news. You think I can do that? I don't know. We'll try it. Don't know, can't say. station on the net around the planet on the world wide web in the mix